Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Coordinate branches. The late revered Joaquin Bernas, SJ, used to open his lectures on constitutional law at the Philippine Judicial Academy with the admission that dividing the great powers of state, the power to produce the statutory text, the power to execute it and the power to apply it to actual controversies by interpreting it, was a formula for inefficiency because the most logical course of action would be to fuse those powers to make for speedy and resolute action. But the inefficiency that is congenital to the system is the price we are willing to pay to prevent a concentration of power in only one branch or, worse, in only one person. Of course, he was restating a basic persuasion of the fundamental genius of the American version of democracy and the argument commonly attributed to Montesquieu. It is not correct to assert that the judicial review of government action became available only with the 1987 Constitution. In the very definition of judicial power and in the concept of a judicial branch of government restated in Marbury v. Madison, the power of judicial review was not doubted. But what is clear is that actions challenging the acts of other branches of government were few and far between. The judiciary, rightly to my mind, trod with great care over the perilous zone over which the legislative and the executive branches exercised competence and kept a safe distance from the tempestuous waves of political controversy. With the ratification of the 1987 Constitution, there came the express grant of power to determine whether any branch, instrumentality or agency of government acted with grave abuse of discretion. Commentators were quick to point out that this did not entail the demise of the political question distinction but it became more difficult to draw the line as even matters textually assigned by the Constitution to the legislature, particularly, became the subject of certiorari and prohibition proceedings before the Supreme Court. It is my position that this grant of power to review acts of other branches of government must be read in the context of our option for a form of democracy that has the powers of state apportioned between three coordinate branches. Read by itself and without such a qualification, the broad definition of judicial power in Article 8, Section 1, of the Constitution would have the effect of transforming Philippine government into a government by justices. One of the myths that has to be dismantled is that it is the Supreme Court that interprets the law. All branches of government must interpret the law, and interpret it in a binding manner. The legislature must interpret the law when it sets out on repeal, the enactment of new law or the oversight of the execution of legislation, a power conferred by Section 22 of Article V. The executive must interpret with definitiveness and certainty if it is to execute the law. So it was in the more sedate past that actions impugning the constitutionality of executive action and legislative authority were subject to different stringent requirements that freshman students of constitutional law had to memorize. The issue of constitutionality was indispensable in respect to the resolution of a dispute. It was raised at the earliest possible opportunity. All presumption was for constitutionality. The party assailing constitutionality had the standing to do so. The rule of law is not government by the Supreme Court. It is rather the fact that all branches of government and all who wield its powers recognize law to be superior and submit to its authority. On this premise, it should be clear that when an impeachable official has been impeached by the House of Representatives and convicted by the Senate sitting as a court of impeachment, that decision is not subject to certiorari nor any other form of judicial review, notwithstanding the much-abused grave abuse of discretion breadth of judicial power. Similarly, when, 
in the exercise of its legislative powers, Congress or any of its committee's conducts hearings in aid of legislation and punishes those who willfully ignore its summons, it disturbs the constitutional apportionment of power for the judiciary to step in and interfere by any writ or order with the exercise by Congress of its powers. The courts cannot and should not stymie the workings of the legislature, particularly in those very matters entrusted to it by the Constitution. Grave abuse of discretion would be reasonable, were the courts more consistent in its application. Jurisprudence distinguishes between mistake or error, abuse of discretion and grave abuse of discretion, and teaches that it is the latter alone that triggers the exercise of the power of judicial review, quite a different matter, obviously, from the regular appeals process. Decisions of the Supreme Court, attempting to set meets and bounds to grave abuse of discretion have described it as the exercise of power in a whimsical, capricious and oppressive manner. When Congress acts against one who is clearly contemned it, one may disagree with the penalty of detention but one cannot class the decision of the legislature to penalize the offender as grave abuse of discretion. I am not arguing for judicial restraint, because restraint appeals to the good sense of the members of the judiciary. I am arguing rather that the very structure of the Constitution and the apportionment of governmental power set limits to the powers of judicial review. No matter that the Supreme Court may, on occasion, make pronouncements approximating the claim to omnipotence, it is not. In fact, as observed very early in American constitutional law, the judiciary cannot even enforce its own orders and decisions, and must rely on the executive to do so. One of the subjects I teach in the Graduate School of Law of San Beda University is judicial review in modern constitutions, and it is interesting that interdicting parliament by a judicial writ is anathema to British parliamentary democracy. Similarly, the French have been historically averse to government by judges and that is the reason that the Constitutional Council, while it may now review even legislation already promulgated, is not considered a court, and is composed of jurists and politicians, former presidents of the republic who are expected to have greater sympathy for the political branches of government, and why recourse to it is subject to stringent requirements. During the incumbency of Justice Amir Fina Malencio Herrera as Chancellor of the Philippine Judicial Academy, we invited an American professor of constitutional law to deliver a lecture and he made this statement, when the Supreme Court wades into the murky waters of politics, it sullies its integrity and compromises its position. Very true, indeed. Rani underscore Aquino at sanbeta.edu.ph Rani underscore Aquino at csu.edu.ph Rani underscore Aquino at outlook.com